0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We have an election in this uh, country, and that's, of course, next Monday. Uh, unless, of course, you already voted. The uh, advanced polls were held this past weekend, and uh, we're told the turnout was actually uh, significantly higher than it was in 2015. It's uh, interesting. You can read into that. A couple of different things, I guess. But with less than a week to go, an uh, interesting poll that came out today uh, from uh, Ipsos Global Public Affairs Uh, which basically, once again, has the Liberals and Conservatives in a dead heat. And uh, the NDP on the rise, uh, they're the ones that actually gained uh, popularity over the last week and a half or so. Joining us to talk about the implications and what may be happening on Monday night is Danielle Berrand, who is a professor, the director of uh, McGill McGill Institute for the Study of Canada. Uh, Professor, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could join us today.
1: Uh, thanks for the invitation.
0: Are you surprised by the, uh, the the sudden popularity of the NDP and the rise they've had in the last week or so?
1: Well, I think that Jack Singh did a good job during the different debates and the three debates, and um, and I think that um, you know the NDP overall um, has uh, been running a, a good campaign without major problems or issues. So I think that. Uh, um, in the end, they they are doing uh, a bit better than at the beginning of the campaign. They are still not that high in the polls. They're still in far in third place, uh, but, but they are gaining ground, and that's uh, bad news for the Liberals.
0: Professor, maybe if you could just give us a little insight, uh, because some of the polling we saw at the beginning of this campaign... Uh, there was some suggesting that the NDP could be wiped out in Quebec. Now all of a sudden, there's the resurgence. What was it in, in, in Singh's performance that seems to have attracted more support in, in Quebec?
1: Well, yes, there, there is a there is. A the, the support is higher in Quebec, but it's still, uh, uh, they are still behind, uh, they are in fourth place in Quebec still. So they are doing better than they were doing at the beginning of this campaign. They are now clearly ahead of the Green Party at the, some point in the campaign. They were, um, on, on par with, uh, neck and neck with the, the Green fighting for the fifth place. But you know, um, I'm not sure that this will that the NDP in Quebec, um, because of the dispersion of the vote and and the fact that they are in, in fourth place, that they can actually keep most of their seats. I think they are still poised to lose more, to lose most of their four, uh, 14 seats. They might be able to keep two or three, um, maybe a few more if they keep uh, improving in the polls. But they are still in fourth place. In Quebec, but uh, I think elsewhere in the country, of course, it's a it's a different situation. Uh, the the rise in the poll could uh, could really lead to um, to significant gains. I'm thinking about places like British Columbia, for example, um, and um, and even uh, Ontario. So um, so we will see. I, I think that uh, uh, it's a it's really a uphill battle in Quebec for for the NDP still. Uh, despite where they are now in the polls, but elsewhere in the country, certainly that they uh, they could, uh, um, they, they can be more hopeful, certainly, than they were uh, a few weeks ago. Uh,
0: and again, uh, we talked about the resurgence of the NDP, but the polling I've seen, uh, Professor, in the last week or so, says the block seems to be on the increase there, and that was, a, again, a political party that seemed to be uh, all but gone from the, the federal scene, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, we, we have said quite a few times that the, the block was gone, and it's true that just a... Uh, uh you know less than two years ago uh under the previous leader uh most of the the um the Bloc uh, MP had left the, the caucus, the mm-hmm. Bloc caucus, uh, and sat as independent for a while. So, so I, I think that it's a party that was falling apart. And then under now under Mr. Blanchet, I think the Bloc has um, uh, is unified as a party. They don't talk that much about sovereignty, but they, they have aligned themselves with the uh, Premier Legault. So um, the focus is on the autonomy of Quebec and Bill 21 and um, and and fighting for Quebec in Ottawa. And now, um, you know, they are, uh, they are basically um, uh, neck and neck with the liberals in Quebec, which was obviously not the case at the beginning of the campaign. At the beginning of the campaign, they were in third place behind the conservatives uh, or on par with the conservatives, you know. So, so um, that's a, a major change. And, um, and that is, uh, something that is, uh, is likely to hurt, uh, the liberals in Quebec. Now they're, in terms of seat projections, they are, they are really declining. Uh, at the beginning of the campaign, uh, many liberals hope that they could easily get 50 seats in Quebec, up from 40 last time, and now um, it, they are likely to get uh, fewer seats than that, uh, significantly fewer seats than that. If, of course, the, we, we have to wait over the next five days, but um, it's a major, major change, dramatic change in. Uh, in, uh, in Quebec, in terms of polling and um, and that could certainly um, have a very negative impact on um, on, on the Liberals on october twenty first
0: well certainly on the national scene uh, we look at Battleground Ontario here because of the number of seats that are available, especially in the Southern Ontario area. Uh, but Quebec is 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 also secondly, you know, in, in the total number of seats, of course, Quebec is second. So what happens there is going to be pivotal, really, uh, to determine exactly where we're going to go. Is is it inevitable, uh, Danielle, at this stage to assume that we are going to probably have a minority government?
1: Yeah, the the odds are high, are very high right now. But of course, these are just it's based on on polls, and and we have some assumptions about participation and and depending on what's the level of participation on october 21st we saw participation is up in advance polling so um you know we can have surprises but certainly uh the the odds of a minority government are much higher now than they were at the beginning of the campaign and um and uh well in ontario you mentioned ontario things are a bit more stable um and the liberals are still ahead and so that's the hope for the liberals that the uh Uh, They can do very well in Ontario, and that will offset uh, some of the potential losses in other parts of the country, Atlantic Canada, um, the Prairies, and and perhaps uh, even Quebec now. So um, we will see.
0: One of the interesting uh, aspects of this is we've watched some of the polling, and I'm trying to you know get a broader picture here from looking at because there are different polls, like two or three polls every day now, and it's hard to actually get a clear picture of what's happening. But it's pretty pretty consistent. Obviously, the Liberals had a slight lead at one point, then the Conservatives had a slight lead. But by and large, over the course of this campaign, it's it's been neck and neck, uh, you know, within the margin of error. But I'm not getting the sense that anybody is really uh, enthralled with the party leaders, uh, neither Mr. Trudeau nor Mr. Shear. Uh, and, and and until recently I, I, you could even throw Jagmeet Singh into that as well although he's had a bit of a resurgence in the last week or so yeah. it, this mm-hmm. it almost seems as if this is going to be the none of the above uh, uh, campaign but they, i mean they've got to select somebody yeah.
1: no absolutely i think that there is um, a lot of there are there's disenchantment towards Justin Trudeau and it's something that you know is, is personal Uh, the level of personal support for Justin Trudeau has has declined over time, of course, since 2015. There was the honeymoon at the beginning, but if you look at numbers, things have declined, you know, support for him, approval for... For Justin Trudeau um, has declined over time, and there were a number of shocks or 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 moments like SNC-Lavalin or the the black face brown face issue and so forth um, and for Andrew sheer, but he was never really that popular mm-hmm. <laughs> in the first place and and you can look at the the conservatives and how they 've been doing in this uh, this campaign uh, overall, and you can see that they um you know they have not uh, since september they have not uh, really gained any uh, significant ground they are about um you know where they were uh, um um in terms of the in the polls uh, the Conservatives are actually a bit lower now than they were in, uh, in, at, the of the, at the beginning of the campaign, slightly lower, and the Liberals too. So the two main parties have not, uh, have not done well, and I think it's related to, yes, the performance of their, their, their respective leader, and, um, and, and that's an opportunity for, uh, for the NDP and the Bloc in Quebec.
0: And, and that's a very valid point here, because the movement that we've seen in polling in the last couple of weeks has essentially been from the center-left, isn't it? I mean, you're right, the right wing, the conservative support has been pretty static. They're, they're there, they're prob- yep. probably not going yep. anywhere, but they're not really no. adding to their numbers either.
1: Absolutely. So there is the conservative base, and they remain faithful to the party, no matter who the leader is. Um, but then you can see movement in terms of, um, you know the green not doing uh, as well, although it's not a big decline, but it's certainly not the ascending pattern. But it's the NDP and the Bloc, and yeah, we can consider that the Bloc is also a centre-left party on most issues. Um, so this is where the movement is, and I, uh, that's why I think it's especially uh, problematic for for the Liberals because that's their turf, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got to ask you about the uh, the the word that's been circulating over the last couple of days here, Professor, and that is coalition. Jagmeet Singh mentioned that in passing at the beginning of the weekend. Walked back on that just the very next day, Uh, but of course the the conservatives grabbed onto that and said, you know, if you vote, you know, this this is going to take us down the road to perdition. Canada will go to rack and ruin if you have a coalition government. When did coalition become such a dirty word?
1: Yeah, it's well. I think there was the issue at the in in the uh during the Harper years when there was this attempt uh yeah a discussion about the potential coalition and 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 I think uh it became a dirty word in part because of the involvement of the block. Who uh, will have needed to prompt that coalition that discussion was in two thousand and eight two thousand and nine, if I recall properly, but um, you know I, I think that the, at the federal level uh, coalition governments are extremely rare. there was one, if you want to call it coalition government. there was the union government uh, uh, with uh, Prime Minister Borden in one thousand nine hundred and seventeen <laughs> that 's the only example, <laughs> so it 's really far in the past, and it was under very specific circumstances uh, the first world war and the debate over conscription but uh, it doesn't mean that it can't happen. It's perfectly legal. It's it's uh, but but it's not let's say part of the um, you know it's not really uh, uh, something that we are used to at the federal level. It's a bit more common at the provincial level. But it's it's certainly uh, controversial politically. But it it can be done. But we will see uh, what the results look like on uh, on uh, October twenty first. But if we have a minority, minority parliament. Then um you know there are a lot of uh, lot of possibilities in terms of who could form a minority government or even a coalition government so uh it will be quite an exciting election night and uh, we might be also discussing who will become prime minister and who will be in power uh, uh, after the twenty first you might not know on that night or uh and it may take a while to sort things out so it it can be quite a, an exciting uh uh, an exciting political moment here for Canada. But again, we have to wait until we have the results on the 21st to draw any conclusions about uh, uh, who might um, form government.
0: Exactly. And, and I, I suppose when you look at past history, and I just say you have to go back to 1917 to actually point to a federal coalition, uh, the, the more practical and, and I guess the more reasoned and, and the more often used uh, poorly is simply have whoever the, power, the party is that has the balance of power. In this case, it may well be the NDP. Uh, they pretty much work on an ad hoc basis, don't they? I mean, you know, policy versus policy, uh, as as opposed to simply saying we'll support everything you do as long as you do this for us. Uh, Because a a coalition means, okay, you know, some of the other members of that party are going to be part of the cabinet, even though they weren't elected as government. Uh, But what we've seen with uh, the liberal minorities over the last little while uh, with Pearson and, and and with Paul Martin, it, yep. is working together on stuff. And, I mean, actually, it, in many ways, mm-hmm. you could make an argument that it's been rather beneficial. I mean, that's how we got our Medicare program, our revisions yep. to the Canada Pension Plan. A lot of decent things have happened with that, and it's not technically a coalition. It's just uh, the opposition party working with the yep. government on stuff they can support.
1: That's a minority. That's what we call just a minority government. Yeah. Uh, there's, if there is no formal coalition and, and you have... So normally, you will have members of the other party being cabinet ministers. that would be a formal coalition. but there are different ways to do it. You could have also some form of agreement without having these you know members of the other party becoming ministers. There are all sorts of scenarios but it 's true what you 're saying but that 's in the case of a uh, if the liberals have uh, uh, the highest number of seats but not the majority of seats, they will have my, they could form minority government. But if it's the conservatives, uh, the, the, the potential allies that they have uh, because the other parties are basically on the, the, the left of the political spectrum or center left, it's, it's just harder for the conservatives. So uh, on some votes they could get support from the bloc if it's about like decentralizing the federal system or things like that or maybe on some other measures from the liberals on the NDP, but it's just harder. And we saw that during the Harper years during minority government uh, under Stephen Harper that uh, but but they found a way to do <laughs> not only stay in power for for a number of years but uh, later on to in 2011 to actually uh, f- uh, uh, win an election to form majority government so um, if the co- the conservatives will have uh, in will be in a minority situation they could they could find ways to enact policies as well but it's true that the combo liberal ndp is a classic one and And they have more in common than the conservatives with any of the other parties,
0: really. I I get the sense on election night, Professor, we're going to be talking about some of these constitutional machinations that could occur about, you know, can can you form a government? Can you govern the country? And and, and, uh, it's going to be late into the night, I guess. So I guess we better get our rest now because I think it's going to be a a rather long and drawn out uh, affair uh, next Monday. Uh, Always a pleasure to have you on, Professor. Thank you so much for your insight today. Thanks for the invitation. Have a wonderful day. You too. That's uh, Professor Danielle Bailand uh, from McGill University. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.